What city is the capital of sneakers? We'll get into that this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fire Footwear. As always, this is your host, Matt Freights. You can call me the Iceman. You can call me Matty Ice. It doesn't matter. As always, I am just happy that you are here, and I hope that this finds you well and that you are having an awesome week. Last week, we talked about Air Maxes, specifically all the other Air Maxes in the lineage of Air Maxes since the Air Max 1. We celebrated Air Max Day by the release of the Air Max 1 Big Bubble, which was the OG colorway. A lot of hate for that shoe, and I talked about that last week that we get a little bit too into the nitty gritty details of sneakers. Big bubble, no bubble, it's a fire shoe. Cop if you want, don't if you don't. We all need to move on because there's always gonna be more shoes right around the corner. This week, if you are listening to this, I am actually in London. I am on a family vacation, and family vacations are something that have been a big part of my life going way back to when I was a kid. I took my first trip to Disney World in Florida when I was two years old, and my mom had to go down to Key West where my aunt was living at the time. Her husband was stationed in the Navy, and she was buying a car from them. And she bought the car, and we drove back to Rhode Island. That's right, Key West to Rhode Island in that 1982 or 1983 tan Datsun Nissan Sentra hatchback. This car we had for a really long time, and I remember this car because the funny story is in the later part of its lifespan, it would spew white smoke when you would warm it up in the morning. Having grown up in Rhode Island, you had to warm the car up a lot because it did get very, very cold in the winter, and the white smoke was not burning oil. Usually when a car is billowing smoke, it's a bad thing, but this car for some reason just billowed white smoke. And the other funny thing I remember about it is that the choke didn't work. So when you would actually let the car warm up, it would rev and rev and rev, and it would not de-gear, basically. So it would be so loud going in the neighborhood. It sounded like a bomb was going to go off. And once you got in the car and you hit the gas pedal, it would go and come all the way down. These are just the kind of memories that I have. I don't know about you, but family vacations for me were always mostly a good thing. Depending on your family and depending on the dynamic, there are a lot of times where family vacations might give you PTSD. And while I definitely have a little bit of nerves about this particular trip, and obviously I'm recording this before I leave, family vacations for me have always been good. And I talked about Disney. Family vacations for me have always been good. And I talked about Disney trips. I was very, very fortunate to be able to go to Disney numerous times before I graduated high school, whether it was with my parents driving, flying down there, remember when I was a freshman in high school, my mom surprised me because my parents had gotten divorced and there was a lot of turmoil in the house. And we went down there, just the two of us, and it was a really, really great trip. When I was a kid during my spring breaks, we'd go to DC a lot. And I went there during Boy Scouts and I went there for school trips and my parents would take me down there because my dad worked for the government his entire career. He had to come down here for recruiting and other types of things. So we came to DC a lot. And it's partially how I ended up living here because when I graduated from college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to get a government job because that was a lot of stability in terms of employment at that particular time. And even in 2007, it was hard to get a job. I can't even imagine what young people are going through now. So when I came down here, it almost felt like it was meant to be because of all the trips that we had taken. It was some place that I was very familiar with. And now we're sitting here and I've been here, gosh, almost 18 years. It's pretty amazing to think about that. Cruises, road trips, beach vacations, even as an adult, the cruises that I went on when I was in high school and when I was a young adult, all the road trips we took as a kid, all the road trips I've taken as an adult with my wife, and we've gone a lot of places. We have family that live in a lot of different places, up north, down south in Charleston, South Carolina, and we've been there. So we go on a lot of beach vacations and do a lot of driving. 
2006, though, was probably one of the greatest trips that I ever took. It was really a vacation. I had graduated from college. My mom wanted to do something memorable. I don't know how much I've talked about my mom in this show, but my mom passed away in August of 2021, and it was a tough time for me. It was before I came out with this show, and I don't think I really talked about it. I might have mentioned it once or twice that she was deceased, but this trip that we took to Europe was on a cruise, and we went to a ton of different places, and I just have so many memories of it, so many pictures. My mom was in the prime of her life then. I was so young, I didn't even really know where my life was headed. There was a lot of uncertainty in my brain there, but what I wasn't uncertain of was just how great that trip was. And being able to step out of this country was so very important. And if you haven't done that, I definitely encourage you to. And we're taking this family trip to London. It's been a while since I've been on an airplane and I'm really excited about it in terms of getting out of my comfort zone because it has been so long, but I'm definitely nervous about it. I'm traveling with a three-year-old, I'm traveling with family. A lot of things can go wrong with family. At the end of the day though, I'm hopeful that this will be a very enriching trip for me. And the thing about London, London has a very rich sneaker culture. Now, they don't call them sneakers there. They might now because sneaker culture is so international. They call them trainers. But London has a very rich culture. And even just doing a little bit of research, not just for this show, but for our trip, I realized, wow, there's a lot of really cool sneaker places that I could go while I'm there. Will I get to go to them? I don't know because we have a family of 10 and we're trying to accommodate everybody's wants. But if I just happen to stumble across one of them, Rest assured, it will be on the Instagram page, which is at FireFootwearPod in case anybody wants to follow my travels there. But it got me to thinking about sneakers. And one of the things about sneakers I think that we forget is that a lot of cities internationally have a very rich sneaker culture. And there are a lot of cities that are associated with sneakers. And I don't think we really put them together because when releases happen, even if they are inspired by a company that is in one of these countries or cities, we just are constantly consuming sneakers. We're always thinking about the next one. And I saw somebody on Instagram talk about the fact that a lot of sneakerheads might have already moved on to 2024 at this point because the sneakers that they want, they can't get. And they're just like, yeah, screw it. I'll wait till next year. Some of that has to do with the fact that we are getting screenshots of all of these sneakers early. And we don't have time to focus on the ones that are in front of us. And sometimes I think that that is a detriment to the culture because we don't get to appreciate how great some of these sneakers are. But when I started doing some research about London, I started finding articles about all these other cities that were associated with sneakers. And I wanted to read some of them to you because this is sort of from a collection of different articles that I read. But maybe a lot of people don't know this. And maybe I'm making an assumption here because I don't know the kinds of people that listen to this show. I know from the people that have reached out to me, there are a lot of people my age who are OGs in the game. I just want to say this. My man, KJ, who's been following the show since, gosh, I mean, it's been a few months and he and I talk on Instagram a lot. He said, OGs, no, I'm not an OG. I just want to cop to that right out front. I have not been in the game nearly as long as probably a lot of you who are listening to this, but I've done my research and I want to know the history and understand the history. And so maybe I sound like I'm an OG because I have a lot of information. It's because that's what I do. When I started this podcast, I sucked at it. I do a lot of research. I dive into projects that I'm passionate about. Sneakers is one of those things. And so that's why I sound like I'm an OG, but I am not. However, I want to strive to have all the information that I can, that I can at least amass, having not been a part of the culture. But if you're new to this, you may not understand that a lot of these cities have a huge influence in sneaker culture. So let's start with some of these cities that I have associated or found in my research. Number one, Amsterdam. I think everybody knows Amsterdam. Amsterdam is a city that everybody assumes is just sort of like Sodom and Gomorrah. 
you basically can do whatever you want there. And it's not all that untrue. I've never been to Amsterdam, but I know exactly what it's about. Basically, Amsterdam is the kind of place that you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. However, Amsterdam is the home of Pata, which is one of the most famous international sneaker boutiques out there. They've had so many different releases over the years. And we talked about Air Maxes last month. Pata has some of the greatest sneaker collaborations I've ever seen. I mean, even it made me like a Jordan 8. I couldn't even believe that. It's amazing how many that are out there that have that name on it. And maybe people don't understand it, but it's not just sneakers. They sell a lot of streetwear, a lot of fire streetwear, and they're in Amsterdam. So not only can you find probably a hooker in Amsterdam or God knows what else, but you can go get some fire heat and some streetwear and actually call it a day. So that's a great little trip if you're looking for it. Number two, and this isn't a city because it's a country, but Germany. So Germany has a huge culture and I can't pronounce where Adidas's headquarters are internationally. It begins with an H. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it, but obviously Adidas and Puma are out of Germany and that's a huge, or those are two huge brands in sneaker culture. Berlin has a huge following as well. And we're talking about Soulbox and Overkill, which are two huge international boutiques. And that's gonna be sort of the theme of what I'm talking about here is a lot of these boutiques that we buy shoes from and then move on to the next shoe, they actually are out of a lot of these cities. And maybe a lot of people listening to this live in some of these cities. Number three will always have a special place in my heart. And again, this is not a ranking. It's just these are in order of how I put them on the sheet based off of what I found. Boston, Massachusetts. I grew up in Bristol, Rhode Island, as you all know, if you listen to the Me Turning 40 episode, Boston wasn't that far away. I grew up loving Boston sports, and I went to Boston probably once a year, and my dad took me to Fenway Park to see the Red Sox every single summer. Now, as a sneakerhead, though, I recognize that two huge boutiques are there, and that's Bodega and Concepts. And Bodega, I think of for some of their more recent, I believe it's No Days Off New Balance releases. Now, New Balance to me is like the number two company right now in terms of sneaker culture. They are hitting home run after home run, and it's amazing. Those Bodega releases are awesome. I couldn't get my hands on them. They're really expensive now. Hopefully, they'll come out with some more in the past. But Concepts, every sneakerhead has to know what Concepts is because of the lobster releases. The Orange Lobsters just came out at the end of last year, maybe the beginning of this year. They're probably, they were probably the sneaker of the year in 2022, depending on who you ask, and they were amazing. But there are so many before the red lobsters, blue lobsters, yellow lobsters, green, purple. It's a series that everybody is familiar with. And Concepts have done a ton of Nike dunks. And the Concepts dunks that I want are the Christmas ones, those ugly sweater ones. Man, if I could ever find a wearable pair of those, I would totally pull the trigger on them because I love them just for one month of the year. So Boston will always have a rich culture because of those two. And then, of course, there's L.A. Now, I think of L.A. as having a huge sneaker culture and influence, but Union and Undefeated, of course. They are mainstays in the culture today. And you think about Vans, Vans headquarters is out there. And there's some amazing shoes that have come out of there. Obviously, LA is known for a different aesthetic. I mean, you think about the 90s and all of the gangster rap and stuff like that. I mean, there's just a huge part of the culture that comes from hip hop and it started out there. And a lot of times in LA is where a lot of the big sneaker heads live or a lot of the people that are collaborating. If I ever went out there, I would definitely be inundated with the amount of culture that I can take in there. Hopefully one day I can go to LA. I've never actually been there. I've been to San Diego, I've been to California, but hopefully now as a sneakerhead, I can go step into Union, step into Undefeated and just say that I've been there and be a part of the culture. And then there's Hong Kong. Now, Hong Kong is its own country. There have been, I don't know if you remember this, but LeBron James kind of got a little bit in trouble because the Houston Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, talked about Hong Kong and free Hong Kong. And LeBron kind of sat that out because you know he's got a bottom line to think about. But a lot of those clot releases that we know about, 
man, there have been so many of them that people love. And that's coming from Sneaker Street and Juice. And those are two things that are out of Hong Kong. And I think that that's amazing to think about that country having such an influence. And I have to admit, as I was doing this research, I didn't actually know that. And I had to look up those two. And I think that it's pretty awesome. So that's definitely one place that if I ever were to go there, I probably won't because it's a little bit close to communist China. So not really part of my vacation strategy. But hey, there's a lot of sneaker culture that comes from there. Portland, Oregon. Of course, Oregon is the headquarters of Nike. It is the North American headquarters for Adidas. And we are all going to associate Nike with Oregon. But Portland, Oregon in the Pacific Northwest is just an interesting beast in and of itself. It's funny because I think about sneakers actually having a place there. But yet when I visited there, it was such a weird place. And their motto is keep Portland weird. And hey, good for them. Keep Portland weird. To me, it was strange at the time, but now fast forwarding to today where I'm part of the culture and I know so much more, it's just weird to think of Portland having this place in the culture. But of course, Nike being there right now, it's headquarters there. I mean, of course it does. It just, Oregon is just not a place that I'll ever really associate, but shout out to the people that are listening from Oregon because y'all come big every single week and I just absolutely love it. Tokyo, Japan. This one's an obvious one. We see so many brands from out there who are designing sneakers. And the two that come to mind are Sakai and Atmos. And obviously the Atmos Air Maxes are some of the most iconic Air Maxes of all time. The Sakai brand has come out with some great sneakers over the years. The Sakai LDV Waffle, the blue multi-colorway, it's one of my favorite shoes. I had to own that shoe. I remember the first time I saw it, Marcus Mariota was wearing it at the NFL draft. And I thought, whatever that is, I have to have it. So shout out to Tokyo. There have also been a lot of Tokyo inspired releases over the years, huge part of the culture. And then another city, and I think this city is what I always consider as like the epicenter in the U.S. for sneakers, and that's New York City. How could you not think that? Between Flight Club and Kith, Supreme, back in the day, Dave's Quality Meats. Last week, I talked about the Air Max 90 Bacon. Where do you think that came from? I mean, in Complex. Complex is obviously in L.A. and is in New York City. And I think about Joe LaPuma going to Flight Club and going to Stadium Goods. I mean, there's always going to be a huge sneaker culture in New York City. And whenever you go there, it's a different beast. I talk about walking around Alexandria, Virginia. There is no sneaker culture here. There might be little pockets of people who love it. New York City though, it's a vibe. And a lot of people are into that vibe. So when you go to New York City, you're gonna be recognized in what you're wearing and you've gotta always be on point. And I remember early in my sneaker life, and I'm talking about when I first reemerged onto the culture, I thought of New York City as like this mecca of sneakers. But what I have come to find out is that London is considered the unofficial capital of sneakers. And it's kind of strange to think about that because you don't think of London and British people as being into these sneakers. They call them trainers, first of all. I think it's a different kind of vibe. I think that there's a lot of people, be, due to the proximity to Germany and Adidas and Puma, there's a huge, huge Adidas and Puma culture out there. I think Jordan brand and other hype sneakers are making their way out there to the point that there are three stores that I think of in my research and I'm definitely gonna go to, Foot Patrol, JD Sports, and Size, question mark. I'm not really sure how to say that in words. I know how to put it in writing, but those three stores to me are just staples in sneaker culture. And I think that if you're gonna go to London, you have to visit them. And when I was doing research on them and you look at the shoes that are there, they're all the kind of shoes that sneaker heads are going for. Dunks, Jordans, things like that, but they have so much more. And I'm so excited to really be able to explore this city. And London has had its own inspired shoes. I talked about Tokyo and how we've seen some Tokyo dunks and things like that. London has had 
definitely a lot of inspired shoes and there's way too many to name. This is not really a top five, but the ones that come to mind, those red and blue Air Max 90 from the City Pack, they had a little bit of gold in them, absolute fire. You see so many made in the UK or London Marathon inspired New Balances. Now New Balance has an international headquarters there, so I'm very excited to kind of visit that. New Balance is killing it right now and I will not be taken off that hill. They're number two, front and center hard stop. The Air Max One City Pack from London and the SB Dunks, those are both designed exactly the same way. The same color aesthetic about the foggy weather in these English summers. There's a ton of inspiration that London has for the culture and it's kind of amazing to me because I never thought of it. So I'm really excited to be going there. I'm hopeful to be able to give you a recap of it. Again, follow me on Instagram if you wanna find out how my adventure is going, you wanna keep up with it. It's the best way I do most of my posting there. I'm excited. I'm excited to go to the city. I'm excited to bring some heat with me and hopefully I'll come back with some heat. And speaking of heat, it's that time of the week. Release of the week, where I highlight a release that has caught my eye. It's not always hype. It's just a release that I think that you should know about because it catches the Iceman's eye. So I'm actually going to give you two this week because the first one I think is a real good story, but it's not for those regular sneakerheads like us. The Futura Off-White Dunks will be auctioned off by Sotheby's this week. Half of the proceeds, though, are going to go to the Boys and Girls Club. Virgil is still making a difference even in death. And I think it's amazing. These dunks were released, or at least the concept of them was released years ago. They were never gonna have a large scale release, so they're auctioning them off at Sotheby's. Us regular sneakerheads can't really get them. I mean, I guess if you're listening to this show and you roll that deep, can you please send a little bit of money here so we can get some advertising and grow the show? If not, if you're gonna be buying them, you're going to a good cause. Half of your money will be going to the Boys and Girls Club. And how could you not love benefiting the youth of America? So I wanted to shout that out because of the good cause. However, for the rest of us, the release that I'd like to highlight are the ATL Dunk Lows. Now, Atlanta is another city that is not just up and coming. I think it does have a place in American sneaker culture. And I'm curious what you think about that. If you're listening and you're from Atlanta, please get in touch with the show. I will give you the ways to do that a little bit later. I'd love to know what Atlanta sneaker culture is like or how you live in that culture because I think that it's a city that is underrated in terms of sneaker culture. But these dunks are kind of taking inspiration from all the HBCU love that dunks have given recently, and they're red. And I'm talking about this Clark University red. It's really a cool one. If you go back to those Clark University dunks, you're gonna see that color on there. They are all red, two different tones of red with some different looking materials on it. I'm not sure if they're suede, but they definitely look like a new buck, maybe even a very rough suede. And that orange plastic translucent swoosh and with the ATL on it. So if you're from ATL, these have to be a must cop for you. They're a non-SB dunk, which I think is kind of cool. I love it when non-SB dunks get a little bit of a shine because I think SB dunks generally tend to get the most premium materials and the most hype, but they're releasing so many GR non-SB dunks and it's really nice to see them get what looks like a premium quality release. So you definitely want to be getting on those. I might even go out for them, even though they're a little red. They're kind of like red October red. Like you have to love red to wear them. But what the hell, right? Why not? Go for them if you love them. If you're from Atlanta, again, I'd love to hear from you. And I want to know, what is a city that you would love to visit that has a huge culture in sneakers? And do you want to visit any of the cities that I mentioned? Or are you from a city with a sneaker community or a presence? I would love to hear from you. Instagram at Firefootwear Pod is the handle to do that. 
hit follow, send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. The show is on Facebook. Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast is what you want to search. Hit follow. I'd love to hear from you there. Twitter at Fire Footwear Pod is the handle for the show. And if you want to follow me personally, at Matty Ice Crates is the handle to do that. If you have any questions or comments for the show or just want to say, hey, firefootwearpod at gmail.com is the email address to do that. Love to hear from you. So definitely utilize the email address. We are on YouTube, Fire Footwear a Sneaker Channel. The link for that is in the show notes below. Click it, hit subscribe. I'm coming out with content. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do, but I'm going to make it worth your while. So definitely hit me a follow there. Apple and Spotify, if you're listening there, please hit follow, please hit rate, give me some stars. I don't even care if it's one. I just want to hear from you. It keeps the show tracking and growing. Please visit the Matty Ice Media Network to support all the other podcasts that we have as a part of this network, including this show and the Iceman and Coach Sports Show. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I will be back from London next week, and we'll talk about that. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that this finds you safe. And as always, folks, this is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.